This episode is brought to you by Fleximize, a multi-award winning digital business lender dedicated to providing UK SMEs with flexible finance done properly. Welcome back to Portman Road. Burns, trying to find Jackson. It's Caden Jackson. It's 2-0. Oh, it's Chaplin. It's Colin Chaplin. It calls for Sarmiento. Jeremy Sarmiento. Jack Taylor, 25 yards out. Hello everybody, welcome along to a special edition of the official Ipswich Town podcast powered by Fleximize. We've got a real treat for you today as we bring you an extended chat with our CEO Mark Ashton and manager Kieran McKenna as they discuss what has been an exciting campaign so far, what lies ahead and plenty more in between. Matt Holland's hosting this one so I'll throw over to him now. Enjoy everybody. Welcome to the Town TV studio. Feels quite strange to be in here on a non-match day, uh, but we've got two special guests and a special interview. Delighted to say that I've been joined by the CEO, Mark Ashton, and the manager, Kieran McKenna. Mm-hmm. Great to have you with us. And Kieran, I think it's your first time inside the Town TV studio. It is, yes. Uh, it's lovely. Feels um, very professionally done. So, yeah, I've seen some clips from it. So, nice to uh, finally be here. Absolutely. I mean, what a season so far. I think we should start on the pitch. I mean, mixing it with the three teams that got relegated last season, the budgets that they've got as well. I mean, how proud are you of what the team have achieved this season, Kieran? Yeah, we're very proud. You know, up until this point, I think it's, you know, it's been fantastic. I think you'd have to say not just, of course, the the points total and the position in the table, you know, sort of reflects that. But for me, how we've gone about it, the performances, the football we've played, um, the excitement of the games, especially here at Portman Road, um, the way the players have stuck together, the attitude, the effort, the comebacks—you know—it's it's been um, it's been really exciting, and uh, you know I think the players have have loved it to this point. The supporters have loved it, and, and we're having a really good season. Um, so yeah, we're proud of where we're up to by this point. But look, it's it's 34 games. We we vowed to to ourselves at the start of the season we were going to go with everything we got for 46 games and, and that's what we plan to do. So we got 12 more and um, we want to keep pushing on and, and try and improve and, and have some really great games to come. Yeah, absolutely. I think, Mark, you said it in pre-season that we're going to attack the division. I think it's been more of an all-out assault this year, hasn't it? Yeah, I, th- I think that we set we set our stall out probably as we, we did in League One, um, you know, to be on the front foot. Um, I think both on and off the pitch, we, we've attacked everything. Um, we try and have almost like a hunter mentality in the football club. Um, we know that there is supposedly bigger clubs, bigger budgets than us, but you know we focus on being the very best version of us we can be. Um, so when we sat down and we started to talk about recruitment in the summer, we had the pre-season tour. I remember having the interview with you that, that you're talking about, about attacking the division. I think everyone on and off the pitch have done that. And I think Kieran, the staff, the players, everyone associated with the team, uh, again, thus far have, have done the club and its fan base, you know, really proud. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kieran, I think it, you wanted to improve the pitch um, and there was a big investment in the summer. And how, how big a part do you think the pitch has been this year? Because it's been an excellent surface, hasn't it? Yeah, that's definitely um, helped, you know, and, I think that was a you know a fantastic investment from the football club and um, yeah look it, the home record was was really good last year we have a fantastic you know stadium fantastic supporters base but the the surface with you know the the lack of investment over so many years was hard to maintain and, and the groundsman 
and everyone did a fantastic job last year to maintain that pitch as well as they possibly could. But, you know, it was time for, for a modern surface. And, um, you know, again, I think we're, we're really grateful for that investment because it's, it's things like that that maybe don't, you know, stand out in terms of an investment as much as, you know, some other things can. But it's it's been very important. It's a big part of our playing style. I think it's for sure one of the best surfaces in the division now, if not the best. And, um, you know, it's it's been a big part of us being able to implement our philosophy of how we want to play. It's... um. We're almost through the back of the winter. It's it's withstood the weather and the games as well, and and still stayed pretty true or really true. Um, so it's been excellent, and yeah, it's it's been big for us this year. It'll be big for us next year, and I think it'll be you know a great surface for the for the players to play on and the fans to come and watch football for for years to come. Yeah, another thing that's been big for us has been the bench. Mm. It was a stat that had you beaming last week. I think twenty of the eighty goals that we've scored have been from substitutes. I mean, how pleased are you with that? that first of all um, and also how difficult has it been to keep the squad harmonious because it must be difficult leaving some of the players out at times yeah I think as I said it's 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 one thing that I am I am proud of because I've always said I think it reflects really really well in the group you know we have a we have a good squad a big squad but everybody does so you know Having that impact from the squad where, you know, we've got however many, 20, 22, 23, 24, however many players you've got, but having them, you know, all fully engaged, fully invested in the the direction of the club, fit, um, knowing their roles, ready to come on and make an impact, you know, that's that's the hard bit. And that's, you know, what we've had over the last couple of seasons, to be honest, in um, League One as well. I think we had, I think we, we were the highest scorers off the bench, maybe equal the club record and you know, we're there again already this year. So I think it's, it's of course, a great reflection on the individuals who come on and score the goals last year. You know, for example, Freddie Dapo come on and scored so many goals for so many big and important goals. Great reflection on him. Other players this year have come off the bench with Freddie being one of them, but other players have come on and scored a lot of goals. But I think more so it's it's a reflection on the group and the culture within that group. And um, yeah, everyone wants to start. Players want to want to start games. Um, how, often, how often do you get players knocking on your door? Yeah, it happens. You know, it's it's part and parcel of it. Um, but I think, look, in terms of how we try and manage the squad, you know, honesty and respect, really. And, and before anyone comes into the club, I'll, you know, have an honest conversation with them about how they see, you know, how we see them fit in. Of course, what position and what role they might play in the squad, but also the competition and, and how I see the squad and how I see them fitting into that and, and what they'll bring to it. And and we have those conversations ongoing with with all the players, not just myself, but you know the other staff as well. And um, you know when you do that, you'd like to think that all the players have got a pretty fair idea of you know their importance within the squad and what they're contributing and what we need from them. And and we try and maintain that. And uh, you know the dressing room is really good as well. I have to say, I've I've said it before, but um, you know we've got a leadership group and we've got leaders within the dressing room who do a fantastic job of of managing the group. We've got senior players who do a fantastic job of managing the group. We've got really good, you know, characters in the building. We've recruited good people and, um, you know, those good people are led by, you know, really good leaders, not just from the from the coaching staff, but also within that playing group. So, um, I think so is, it, is it driven mainly by the players then? A lot of things are driven by the players at this stage, yeah, and, and that's where, you know, where you want to be when you're, for myself, two years into, two years into the job that, you know, if... If every issue, if every issue has to come across your desk, if every issue has to come across your door, um, if you're having to constantly put out fires, you know you're going to spend a lot of energy that can be used elsewhere. So, you know we've worked really hard to build that that leadership within the group now, and I think they 
they manage themselves really well. There's, you know, really good lines of communication with the coaching staff as well. So any little issues can get, you know, addressed and, um, you know, dealt with in the appropriate manner. And, uh, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's set up in a really good way now that um, the players, you know, they have their own code of conduct and their, their standards that hold each other to when, you know, things need to be improved or addressed or, you know, built on and the staff are able to help with that. And, and certainly whenever I need to have my input, I do that as well. So, yeah, I think to bring it back to the substitutes, I think there's so yeah. many things that go into having a record like that. It's not just technical, tactical things. It's not just having good players in the building. It's, you know, it's your culture and your people. And, you know, a lot of the time success comes back to that. And I, and I guess that leads into the amount of late goals that we've scored as well. I think 12 points we've won after the 70th, uh, 75th minute, that is. What do you put that down to? Is it the fitness levels? Is it the rotation? Is it the fact that you've been able to go to your bench and you've got fresh legs coming on? Yeah, again, it's it's a multitude of things, really. Some of them, yeah, cultural and, and um, you know, how engaged those substitutes are because you you know what it's like. Sometimes you can have, you know, it's eight substitutes nowadays, four of them maybe not dialed into the game, but... I think everyone on our bench knows that they can have a big impact on the on the game ahead and are willing to make that impact. So, yeah, it's having people in the right places. Um, of course, tactically, we we try and have a plan. We you know prepare before the game for what you know what we want to finish like, what it'll look like if we're if we're chasing the game, what people go into what positions, what you know shape changes or adjustments we might need to make. We prepare that for all the different scenarios in the game. Um, Fitness, of course, a big part of it. I think, you know, it's something that I'm, I'm really proud of and, and big credit to all the staff at Portman Road and, and to the players because, you know, I won't go into the, the details, but it's it's an incredible, you know, majority of our games this year that we've outrun the opposition on almost every parameter. So when you consider that, you know, the step up from League One to the Championship is really big. And I think I said in pre-season, the Championship's one of the most um, physically intense leagues in Europe. So to be... You know, coming out on top and nearly all the physical parameters every week, that's a, that's a great reflection on the group. Is, it t- is the team selection affected by the players' numbers in terms of their fitness levels as well and, and the distances that they're, they're travelling in games? Yeah, I think it, it always has an impact. It's not the only factor, of course. Um, yeah, I think from the start of the game, of course, there's certain physical qualities that you want in the team and we, we recruit for those as part of our recruitment process now, as part of our selections to you know, know what we need from different roles and, and have players who can bring that, that physical output first of all. And then, of course, there's the fatigue element and there's the, the distances that the players are covering when games come and thick and fast and, you know, the testing that the club do on, on recovery. That, of course, comes into selection for when we may need to rotate or how early we might need to use a substitute. So all these things come into it. And, um, yeah, I think that's a big part of why we're why we're physically doing really well in games and, and why that leads to late goals. Um, but again, these things are down to, you know, so much good work from so many people at, at the training ground. And, and you added to the squad in January. Must have been delighted with the recruitment in what was actually a difficult window as well, a quiet January transfer window, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think, look, um, the club worked really, really hard. And as always, the you know, the communication starts from one window. When one window closes, the, the communication starts for the next one. So... You know, there was a lot of hard work done by, by lots of people. Of course, you're always waiting to see how the season progression, how, you know, we went with a really consistent squad from last season. So how players adapt to the level to, you know, constantly judge what the requirements would be. Injuries can change that, of course, which, you know, can change your requirements in January. But no, we, we felt like we, 
we did some some good business. We we tried as much as possible again to stick to the model of the club, stick to the model that we've agreed on, and you know that's predominantly you know signing young and, and hungry and athletic and technical players that we can you know sign but they can come here and prove and develop and you know Ali Alhamdi would be an example of mm -hmm. that type of profile but you know on top of that we were pragmatic in terms of um, you know looking at the, the division the needs of the team where we can improve and, and where we need to strengthen and Kiefer of course an example of someone who fit into that category an experienced player who, who doesn't sit in that you know normal recruitment bracket but we you know we need to have that balance of experience well, of physicality the George, the George Hurst injury as well would have of played course in that, yeah so. so all those things you take into factor and of course Kiefer has made a great impact and then you know Jeremy and and uh, Travis as well who've you know got you know experience in the division Lewis a lot of experience Jeremy you know a few months playing at, at West Brom but both were up to speed with the division and and two players we thought were ready to come in and, and have an impact and in January that's really important players who can come in and hit the ground running mm. and and the four that we, we brought in have managed to do that. And on the money side, how did financial fair play shape the transfer window? Was it difficult to get deals done because of financial fair play? Yeah, I, th I think I think that certainly had an impact across the board. Um, you know, Kieran's just said it, it. You know, we were really focused on what we wanted to do from the summer window. <laughs> that changes when a George Hurst gets injured, but it was. Uh, I think if you look at it nationally across all the divisions, it was a dry window. Um, and that's not necessarily clubs not having the cash, but them being up against, you know, financial fair play limits, whether that, that's P, whether that's PNS or SCMP in leagues one and two. So, yeah, so you, you didn't see much movement. Um, and I think when you didn't see much movement in the Premier League, that didn't cascade down into the championship. It meant that there were markets weren't there that were normally there to trade into. Um, so, you know, there were players that you would inquire about that we've been looking at for a while. And it wasn't that you couldn't do a deal on those players, but not necessarily that club couldn't get a replacement in, which again affected the food chain. So uh -huh. you couldn't conclude the deals. So, yeah, I, th I think it's, it, it, it was a challenge. Um, but I think, I think, look, everything that we've done since we took over the club has been brave and bold. We've tried to be front footed. We've tried to attack uh -huh. uh, everything that we've done, whether that's on the pitch or off the pitch. Um, and I think we ended up in a fairly good place. I think it was another solid window that helped us, helped us progress. Funding your business doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to take weeks. It doesn't need to involve your bank. At Fleximize, we believe there's a different way to do things. We take the hassle out of finance so you can get on with what you do best, running your business. Think of us as your trusty sidekick with the power to boost your business with fast, flexible loans built for you. Visit us at Fleximize.com or call our Ipswich office on 01473 208 108. Fleximize. Business finance done properly. The support this season. It's been incredible. Again, 11 times we've exceeded 29,000 through the doors at Portman Road. Easy to say it's because we're winning games that people are turning up because people want to come and watch a winning team. But what else do you put it down to? Because it must be more than just that because we were in Europe for how many years and didn't get these crowds. So is it the playing style? Is it the match day experience? What, what would you put it down to? I think if we just step back for a second, because you, if you just go back to the financial fair play question for a second, 
I think, again, just to reiterate to the fans, every penny they put into this football club assists us in financial yep. play. The club will still lose substantial amount of money. Um, why? Because when we took over the club, we took over a club that for a decade had been run down and had deteriorated. Respectfully, you've seen that. Mm -hmm. So we've had to invest and continue to have to invest in all areas. And that money plays against our financial fair play position. But what gives us headroom is the money that comes in, whether that's commercial, whether that comes in from the fans. Retail. And retail. And it's quite incredible. I think when I first, in the first season I was here, we talked about, I remember having a management meeting said this before and I said we're going to sell 18,000 season tickets and I think people around the table looked at me with a bit of disbelief but you know what this fan base stepped up mm -hmm. this fan base delivered 18,000 season tickets this fan base has delivered now 22,000 season tickets before we took over this football club said it before we'd never sold more than 10,000 replica shirts this season this fan base has stepped up again 43,000 shirts this fan base has sold. We will have record numbers in commercial. We will have record numbers in retail. We will have record numbers in conference, events, hospitality. This fan base has stepped up every time we have asked, and I couldn't be prouder. Must be give you great pleasure to drive around Ipswich and oh. see all the kids in Ipswich shirts, because in years gone by it was a Man United shirt, Liverpool shirt, Man City now, maybe Chelsea. Now all of a sudden everyone's got an Ipswich shirt. It's incredible, isn't it? And, and, and the fan zone as well is another thing. When I yeah. come to the ground now, drive down the driveway and you see the fan zone absolutely round on the match day, it must give you such great pleasure. Yeah, it's fantastic, you know, feeling the atmosphere around the town, really. You know, I've got, of course, we're living in, in Ipswich. Kids are in school. Um, my brother's joined the, the university in Ipswich as well. So right. he fills me in on the, on the social <laughs> scenes, which I don't get to see too much of, thankfully. Um, so just to feel the buzz around the town is fantastic, you know, whether that's bringing my, my daughter to something or bringing my son to his, his football practice. Everyone wants to talk about the games. Seems like everyone was at the game. Yeah. And we're going to tell you where they were sitting, what they thought <laughs> when the goal went in, what they thought when they scored. Um, yeah, Ipswich shirts everywhere, you know, kids wanting to ask about this player or that player. And um, yeah, there's just such a wonderful buzz around the football club. And you know, I, I can't comment on it before because I didn't see it, but it's it's how I think we'd all want it to be. You know, it's it's a it's a one club county. Ipswich Town is yeah. is the heartbeat of of Suffolk, and um, for the people to be so behind it, for the club to be to be stepping up and and providing with a with a good product to get behind, and like Mark said, for the supporters to be stepping up and um, you know more than playing their part, it's it's fantastic and it's it's great to great to see and great to, to be a part of. Yeah, it's a real buzzing. I mean, just seen an image actually of of when uh, the bus arrived oh. or when you were walking down for the Norwich game. Oh. I mean, it, wow, incredible. Yeah, for for me, Kieran's experience European nights with top yeah. Premier League clubs, it, it gave me that it impression, did, yeah. and it, it it just showed the passion and the size of this football club and what the future could hold. I mean, that those scenes. I don't know what it was like for you on the bus, but yeah. us standing there watching it off yeah. the bus, it was just incredible. Yeah. No, it was amazing. I say it's, it's twice now we've had that. And yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it at different football clubs and, and different entries. I, I don't think I've, I've, I've seen two, two better than those, to be honest. The, the passion as, as we come in and the atmosphere. And um, yeah, it's, it's been you know, great times to, to be part of it and, and hopefully some, some more ahead. Absolutely. We're, we're very much a community club. Um, and the foundation continues to grow. 
uh, Dan Palfrey has been named head of foundation. Yep. Can you talk about his role, his impact on the foundation? Yeah, um, I think Dan's a, Dan, listen, Dan's a person who's been at the football club a long time. And, you know, we have brought staff in, whether that's players, management, heads of departments from other clubs, other areas. But we also have a group of staff who are developing from within. Dan's one of those. Um, he's actually now formally the director of the foundation, which gives him serious responsibilities. Um, he works with um, a, a group of trustees, of which you are one. Connor Chaplin's one, Natasha Thomas is one. Um, and, you know, we've got some fantastic people on that board of trustees who work passionately for the football club, the likes of Peter Over, yeah. Andrew Stevens, uh, who really care about this football club. And again, big thank you to the likes of Peter because, you know, he's just a great supporter yeah. of what every, everything we do. But, you know, Dan's now delivering activities to 9,000 different children and families per week in the Ipswich and Suffolk area. Um, it's incredible. Whether we're dealing with health, whether we're dealing with education, whether we're dealing with social inclusion, whether we're dealing with um, the Dementia Cafe uh, on a Thursday here at Portman Road, we are delivering wide-ranging activities to the local community. Yes, it has benefits for the club, but you know what, Matt? It's just the right thing to do. This football club will be here long after we are all gone. And, and I just, I'm so proud of them. What, what are the immediate and long-term goals of the foundation? Where do you, where do you see the foundation getting to? I think, I think look, I, I think it's one of the areas of the club that you shouldn't put a ceiling on. Um, they've just moved into new offices um, just over the road from, from Portman Road because we needed to give them more space and they needed a professional environment. I think long-term, we'd like to see the foundation have its own sporting facilities. I think that's a desire... Um, and an aspiration that we have where they can deliver more activities to more families, more participants in the wider area. Um, because the more we do that, the more we can use this fantastic brand that is Ipswich Town Football Club to motivate and engage its community. That helps us grow the fan base, it helps us engage people with the football club. But also, some of those people don't come and watch the games. No. But it's still the right thing to do, engage. The community ultimately owns this football club. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We've already mentioned the playing surface, but there's always something going on. That you've always got a project. You've always got something that's next. So, so what is it? What's what's the next plan? Um, there's the, yeah, you are right. Um, the, my office seems to eat time. You come in the morning, and I don't know you look at the training ground before you 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 know you leave it. You're going home, and it's six seven yeah. o'clock. Um, so look, there's going to be some further inf infrastructure projects at the stadium. Um, you know the pitch has been good, but they always told us the second and third year of the pitch, it would be great. So okay. I think, you know, we've got more work to do there. I think we saw that actually at the start of the season, didn't we? You yeah. could see week by week it was getting yeah. better and better. Um, and I think there'll be, there'll, be, there'll be infrastructure projects at the stadium. We've got some work to do on the West Stand to potentially complete the box level to give us some more space. Um, but I think over the next probably two or three weeks, you're going to see some additional announcements coming out of the football club, particularly in relation to the training ground. Um, that is probably the next biggest project that we've had. Um, so where are we? Where are we with the training ground then? We've got initial designs now in place. Um, Kieran's had a quick look at those. We'll be presenting those to the players probably in the next seven to ten days. Um, Kieran then gets to get his hand on the designs and 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 tweak and turn and play Big with manager's them. office. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we'll we'll go into a planning process and we'll we'll look to progress. But that that's going to be a huge. Um, a huge programme of development for Have you got us. a timescale on it? Or? Um, yeah, I think, look, if everything went well, I'd like to be 
on site as soon as we threw planning and I'd like to get through planning this summer. Um, the three pitches are up and running, so that's an advantage. We haven't got to wait for the mm -hmm. pitches to be built. They'll get better um, uh, this summer uh, and be better again for next season. But the building, the building is key because we need to give Kieran and the staff prof a professional environment. That will allow us to also alter the facilities that we've got and enhance the facilities for our academy and enhance our facilities for Joe and the women's team. So it's a yeah. major redevelopment uh, at the training ground. And also trying to get players to come and sign as well. When you've got a training ground, mm. they, uh, state of the art, yeah. it would help, wouldn't it? Yeah, it helps. I think um, the, the club have done everything they, they can really with the, with the existing buildings and, and infrastructure to get them as you know as presentable as they can be and to utilise the space as, as well as they can. And, and you can, you know, the atmosphere at the training ground couldn't be better. I think the work and practice inside the training ground are fantastic. The people are fantastic and, and that goes a long way. But also certainly when you get to a certain level, having, um, you know, top class facilities, that, that can be a big part of, of recruiting, you know, players, a big part of retaining your best players and, um, you know, growing your football team, your football club as well. We talked about the training ground. Jumping ahead a little bit, maybe one you can't answer, I don't know. Redevelopment of the Cobbold stand. Is that on the agenda, something you've talked yeah. about? It's, it's on the agenda. And again, there'll be information coming out of the club probably in the next two or three weeks in relation to that. That is not the next project for sure. Let, let me just manage expectation on that. We, we are working with architects. We're working with the local authority um, on a scale and bulk on what that stand would need to look like. And we're pretty much down the line on that. But that would not be an imminent build project. We've got other projects that sit well ahead of that. Um, but yeah, it's something that's certainly on our horizon. And, and again, there's a lot of work going into that. Right what are the now. other projects ahead of that then? Well, Apart from the training ground? A lot of it is people projects. Okay. You know, we've got a new head of marketing in the, in the football club. Um, and we, you know, we are, again, we are seeing incredible record-breaking numbers right throughout the football club. But the challenge is, you know, we talk about this, this hunter and this attack mentality. If we rest on our laurels and we sit back, other clubs will move past us really quickly. Mm -hmm. The minute you think you've got this industry beaten, she kicks you in the bum. And we have to be ahead. So, you know, we're planning ticketing, we're planning retail, we're planning kits two years out. Um, you know, we're looking at the office space because we run out of office space in the stadium. How do we develop the foundation and take that forward? So there's a multitude of products here at, at, at Portman Road. And that's before you get to the design build of the training ground, player recruitment, coaches, mm. taking that forward. It's, it's no, we were talking about it yeah. earlier, there's, there's never a minute. No. Uh, one thing that is going leaps and bounds is the Ipswich Town women's team. You mm -hmm. mentioned Joe Sheehan there and the facilities that you want to improve for the women. Yeah. But you've announced a fixture at Portman Road, Chatham Town, Saturday the 23rd of March. Yeah. Um, how important is that for the development of the women's game and, and taking the women's team forward? I, listen, I think it's really, it's really important. We, we always made the commitment that once the pitch is done and the pitch was settled, that we would bring some of the women's games here. Um, and as Joe and Natasha and some of the players kept reminding me, when, when, when. Yeah. So this was really the first window of opportunity that we had. Um, you know, I think Joe has probably been frustrated with a couple of the results he's had recently. But ultimately, our, our first aim with the women's team is to get them out of the division they're in and stabilised into the mm -hmm. championship. That 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 is the plan. And we sit down with Joe. We've increased the budget again this season. I'm sure the same will happen again next season. Um, but again, the women's team do us credit both on and off the pitch. 
Yeah, and we've we've seen the her game too. And we've had the, yeah. you know, women mm-hmm. in the studio. The, you know, Tasha Thomas, Maria Boswell, absolutely, absolutely. Joe Sheehan's been in here. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, and they're close to you as well, aren't they? You you have a really close relationship with Joe Sheehan, don't you? Yeah, the interactions are are really good. Um, you know, that's the the benefit of the, the the smaller, more compact training ground we have at the moment. The interactions are are daily, and you know, both both sets of players get on well, and and staff get on well, and. Um, yeah, try and you know interact and help out wherever we can. Yeah, uh, Town TV, we're in the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, your first visit, yeah. Ed Sheeran's been in before yeah, you. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, yeah. How pleased are you with the numbers that have been watching Town TV? And yeah, I think I think look, Marcus, yourself, um, the team that that have built this from from dust. Um, none of you can remember. None of this was here at the no. end of last season. It, 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 nothing was here. So to build the technology, the infrastructure. Um, yeah, there's been some glitches on the way through. There always was going to be, but the numbers that we've been delivering, the the quality of the product, I don't get to see it that much because I'm at the majority of the games. Um, I wasn't at the Swansea game, so I got to watch it. Um, I, I just think the product's fantastic, and I believe it will go from strength to strength. And I see what it also gives is the fans an opportunity to see more in-depth interviews. You yeah. know, when they're at the training ground, when they're with the foundation, when they win the women's team see a little bit more about the magic that goes on behind the scenes. And I think Marcus and his team, yourself and your colleagues who present, have been just fantastic. The, uh, you might not watch many games, but the owners will be, won't they? Mm-hmm. How, how pleased are they with the progress that they've seen on the pitch this season? Really, really pleased. Um, you know, we're in communication all the time. Um, you know, the, the wrinkles and the grey hair. I'm, I'm doing a lot more travelling, so I'm backwards and forwards. I'm trying to cut the grey <laughs> out. To, to, to the US. Uh, I was telling Kieran, I, I, was, I was there, I don't know, 10 days ago, um, and uh, I was in a meeting and the Rotherham game was on. When we conceded it, I just shut the iPad. I that was it done. I just, I just couldn't handle it. Um, but no, they're fantastic. You know, Ed Schwartz plays a real lead role in this. Um, ORG, representing Mark Steen and the Pension Fund. Um, Brett Burke and the, and the Three Lions and Mark Detmer are, are consistently in, in touch. You know, they'll be here again uh, for the Sheffield game. Okay. Um, so, you, you know, the communication is on. They're the first people on the phone directly after the game. Fantastically supportive, supportive as the business plan. And I go back to one of the, the, the fantastic day things that they do for myself and for Kieran is give us the oxygen. They don't meddle in the day-to-day running of the football club. They agree the strategy. They make sure the finances are in place. They hold us accountable to the results and what we're going to deliver. And then they empower us to go and build this football club. You couldn't ask for a better board. No, I mean, you say you've recently been out to the US. How did that go? Good, um, good. It's um, it's tough with the jet lag, yeah. <laughs> I must admit, both ways. Um, but it's good. They're so supportive. And it's much better to, to communicate face-to-face than rather than try and do everything on Zoom. So as much as they come here, I try and go there. I then I will go out to the US and I'll, I'll hop around different states to, to see them wherever they are. Um, but they're, again, good people, have this club at heart um, and are, are with us for the journey. I was going to say, it's a long-term project with yeah, the owners. Sure. It's not, we get promoted, they cash in. Nah. They well, well, look, that's never, that's never been mentioned. And the way the, the club's structured, it just doesn't work like that. Um, we, we've all bought into a long-term plan. Um, and I think from my perspective, I would hope Kieran would say the same, they've just been really consistent. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that we have gone and asked for um, that they haven't said, no, there's a problem with that, or you shouldn't have that, or no, we're not going to do that. You know, whether it's a small thing or a large thing, 
they've been really supportive. Sat down with them before and mid-transfer window. This is what we wanted to do. We wanted to be brave. Would you support that? We wanted to be bold. Would you support that, Mark? Get on with it. Mm. Fantastic. No, brilliant. Um, worst case scenario, we don't get promoted. 12 games to go in a great position. Um, how does that alter the plans if we don't go up? Does it change much? I don't think it does. I think no? we, 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 we have a model of operation. We need to become better at it. Um, we need to be more effective. And we just need to be relentless. Um, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. We have gone on a, an incredible um, trajectory of improvement across all areas of the club since this ownership group take, take, took over. Off the pitch and on the pitch speaks, speaks for itself. Yeah. So from my perspective, whatever happens, we will just be relentless in rebuilding this club. Is that the final message for the supporters? For, for me, again, I go back to what I said earlier. Every time we've asked this fan base to step up, they have stepped up in their numbers. We cannot do this on our own. You know, we are the custodians of this football club. Ultimately, the fans and the community own this football club. I can't thank them enough. Kieran? No, I want to see them. There's definitely a message of gratitude and... Um... Other than that, I think they always probably end up saying the same thing. It's just everyone keeps trying to enjoy the journey. You know, of course, we know the destination someday, hopefully someday, not too far away. We would love the club to be back in the Premier League and we'll, we'll do absolutely everything in our power to, you know, day by day to, to try and make that happen. Um, but I think, you know, it's, it's about enjoying each little step along the way, each game for us. At, Can at, you enjoy at it? Yeah, I think I can. I, I do. I think it's been, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed the season. I have to say, of course, yeah, when, when Rotherham score after 76 <laughs> seconds, I'm not, not enjoying that one. Or the referee gives a penalty in the 93rd minute. But like, look, we're, we're having a, a record-breaking season on top of, yeah. you know, a record-breaking season last year. You've got a fantastic group of players who I see the dedication and the effort day in, day out. The fans I'd like to see see the effort levels every single week, if not twice a week. We're playing a brand of football that is, you know, admired up and down the country. Um, we've got a wonderful support base that are selling out the stadium and, you know, backing us away from home as well. And we got a, a real unity throughout the football club. So, um, you know, of course, we, yeah, we know that the ultimate, ultimately we'd love to, to bring the club back to the Premier League someday. But I think we, we all have to keep trying to enjoy the here and now and enjoy the days as they come and enjoy the challenges as they come and, and the next one is um, is Plymouth away on Saturday. All in all, things aren't bad, are they? Could be 12 games, could be 15 games. Yeah. Who knows? But good yeah. luck Saturday. Good luck for the rest of the season. Really appreciate your time as always at, at such a busy period. Pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you. Pleasure.